intro it is october 13 2009 welcome to loose screws yes the episode is late yes yes we're gonna do something about that so uh i am your host ty worsham with me is my hearty tasty co-pilot justin how you doing man doing well how about yourself ty pretty good we're late this week man <laughs> life uh, goes on yeah we did that interview <laughs> with the pilot and uh real life happened um god man like i, I started playing destiny 2 because that patch kind of released and it's been kind of taking over my life a little bit which is weird I, like i kind of keep being like in this mode where like uh i'm not really interested in playing elite because there's not a whole, whole lot going on but then there's things that are going on that i'm just kind of Wanting to do other things right now. They they need to bring on those fleet carriers. Yeah, a little bit of lone spaces that isn't doing a lot of people a whole lot of good. Uh, I mean, I've got plenty to keep me occupied, but at the same time. Yeah, I'm saying all this, but like we're we're like two weeks away from Modern Warfare, uh, and we're like three weeks away from uh, Red Dead Redemption Two, and. I'm not sure. All these games are coming out at the end of the year, and I, I don't think they realize how the how much they're damaging me. So, <laughs> what you been yeah, up to? I'm pretty sure once Red Dead Redemption Two drops, a lot of us are gonna be engulfed in that for a hot minute. You know, I but... I, I 100%ed the first one, and uh, like it's one of the few games I've actually 100%ed, like did every single thing. And uh, I'm getting a, like this second one. I got a feeling I'm going to do a lot more. So I mean, I I tried to 100% the first one, and before I could kill the last buffalo, <laughs> my Xbox killed itself, and I had to send it off to Microsoft. And by the time it came back, because it took them like a month to get it all done, I was I just kind of gave up on the whole thing and stuck with PC. And I've still been waiting for it to release on PC, so I'm kind of upset. <laughs> Um, I, I tell you what little bit I have been doing in game um, is that I've been flying around in different systems looking for high grade emissions and I feel like that they really upped the amount of high grade emission spawns I, I've seems like every system I jump into I find a high grade emission I can't always get there in time because something like the one I just was at I was just in game when you messaged me and I was flying toward this one which was like 500,000 light seconds out and it expired like six minutes. I the closest I got was uh, two hundred fifty thousand light seconds, and it it went away. So. Well, uh, I returned from the Guardian site, sold my uh, data for the exploration, mm-hmm. uh, did a little bit of combat, and got some of those crystals that we needed. And uh, now all I got to do is buy the H the H and shotguns, and I'm good to go. Oh hell yeah, man! You're coming along. Um, real, real quick, I'm getting a, some, I'm hearing myself on your feed somehow. No, is it better now? Check, check. Yeah, much better, thank you. Okay. 
All right, so um, let's do our normal shout-outs for the week. Um, Polar Bull 665, Crypto Yeti, and Numero 81 all messaged all messaged me this week. I just want to say uh, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Also, we have a shout-out to uh, Alec Turner. He messaged me. We've been talking a little bit, and uh, he was on their live stream on Frontiers live stream about full throttle racing. We'll talk about that here in just a second. He messaged me a little bit and uh, kind of chatted with me. Um, it's been giving me some little inside information. Told me that Space Legs is real. And no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's how's things going over on the Twitter side? On the Twitter side of things, we would like to give a shout out to. Chris Wiley, Alec Turner, Elijah Spencer, Bosey, and Ernest Burke. Thank you guys all for following us and oh, yeah, uh, liking and replying to some things. Yeah. Man, I've gotten, like, after we did that pilot interview, I've gotten inundated with emails saying how much they enjoyed that interview and, and hearing from the pilot. I got a couple of them where they were a little shocked by the reference to the blowing away the... Um, the bubble, mm-hmm. and man, that it was a little shocking to me too. Um, my gosh, man, they uh, <laughs> when 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 the pilot mentioned that, like the more I've been thinking about that, the more I'm like, man, I want them to do that. I want them to just let us build the bases and let them be what they're gonna be. You know, it, it just let yeah, them. Yeah, dude. Like it's been like that all week. It's like, dude, it'd be so cool if. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Once, once again, the pilot's mentioning something that I gotta have, so. <laughs> and if the pilot's listening, I just want to say thank you again for joining us. Uh, I, maybe we can do it again. I look forward to, I look forward to working with you again. It was, it was really nice to have you here, man. Uh, on to the news. Um, kind of a cool thing, cause you know, me, me and you, me and you, we're kind of like into the racing stuff a little bit in this game. Mm-hmm. And have you heard about this, the full throttle racing thing that was going on uh, in the Perico system? I cannot say that I had. So, so you know, they've been doing this Buckyball, I'll try that again, Buckyball, a little redneck kicked in there, the Buckyball <laughs> time trial. Um, it's, so, the Buckyball, the full throttle at Perico, Buckyball time trial race, being run in conjunction with frontiers new full throttle live stream series it started last thursday um i watched it with will and i think it was steven and with uh alec turner it was very cool very interesting they kind of ran through the um uh the path uh going from neville ring to phillips market i think and then i think it was web station as Anyway, they, they did the whole thing. It was it was really cool. Uh, uh, if you guys get a chance, uh, there's a forum page about it that Alec Turner made. Um, it's titled uh, Full Throttle at Perico. Go check it out, man. Um, they have a couple of different tiers you can get in, you know? Um like I think they have like a like a regulation viper and they have like no mo- like no engineering full engineering and I think they have a few like bring whatever ship you want to bring kind of class uh, it's pretty cool um, 
I, I, I will not be participating. I got, it's, it's, it's October and, uh, me and my family, we do a lot of Halloween stuff. Halloween's kind of like our Christmas time of year. So I will not be participating. If it was happening in November or happening in September or December, I'd be all over that like white on rice, man. Yep. It's very cool. I I don't have any engineering stuff done, so it's not like I'm going to try to compete in this. But looking at it, like a lot of people are going to use Viper, which they say you can buy the regulation Viper plus all the modules for it at one of the stations within there. Right. Which is pretty cool. Uh, Other than that, it's like I'm sitting here looking at some of this. It's like I see an Adder, uh, an Imperial Eagle, and... There's even a Mamba in there, but there's a, diamond, a Diamondback Floor DVX in there as well, and it's just like, all right, all right. People uh, getting down on the on the uh, racing scene with different ships besides just a Viper or an Eagle. Well, you know, they have a uh, a, a league where you can just do a, an unengineered... It's the Regulation Viper is an unengineered Viper Mark III with the loadout described on the forum thread must be used. That's That's kind of cool, man. On a sidebar here, like they um, this this whole league that they got set up, this Buckyball League, which I've only I haven't participated much in, is they they come up with some really cool stuff. Like they they got the uh, the Oni Akinura Station Sprint, where they they start off on one side, they fly up, they go around one of the rings, fly into the mail slot, out of the mail slot. And then over the uh, back to the back to the end of the station, over the over one of the rings again. You got to loop the ring, and then back to the uh, st- rear the, rear end of the station, and that's that's the course. And I love I love stuff like this. The only the only thing I want I want Frontier to give us those stupid rings that we can drop, so that it, it we can make our own courses. Please let us do stuff like that. I think we're all begging for that since the uh, starter experience came out, and it's just like, dude, it'd be like one of the best things in the world to have these rings to be able to set up somewhere. Yeah. Like, instead of it just being flying to this station and flying to that station, it'd be like, okay, fly through this one, then your next one, then your next one. You can make like turns and pivots and things like that. It, uh, it'd be sick. Yeah. The, uh, the uh, the full regulation Viper is kind of interesting. Um, uh, you got to use the standard 3A thrusters, a 2D shield generator. So that's basically if you bump into something, your your shields are down. <laughs> uh, no other optional internals, no hard points, no utility mounts, and you have to use a 2E life support instead of the 2D. I'm not real sure why they did that. That's a little strange. Unless it's like a power draw thing, maybe. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. Like I watched that. I watched the the live stream when they did this, and man, it, it kind of got me pumped up to do it. And then I was looking at the times they were gonna do it. And I was like, oh, all this is on the weekend when I'm supposed to be in a freaking haunted house. I'm gonna have to miss all of it. <laughs> Like, I, mean, that's, I guess that's the one thing about them doing this all on a UTC mm-hmm. time is that you know a lot of us over here in Merca, that's 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 kind of late for us. We're kind of early or one of those things. And like I know most of the time I'm either at work or I'm getting ready to go to bed when it happens. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Like, 
Because all this stuff is set up for kind of like, you know, the Europeans. And no disrespect to the Europeans, what we need to do is set up an American Buckyball League. If there's not already one. That's that's what we need to do. That way we can put this stuff on American time. And we can fly American flags everywhere. And we can have like some tailgating where we all sit around and drink beer and have our beer guts hanging out. You know, that's what we need to do. <laughs> and, 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 and have... Uh, uh, <laughs> when you say that, when you say that, now I'm just like picturing an Anna, like an old rust bucket anaconda skin or something like that. Dude, like if there was a way that we could do every, <laughs> if there was a way we could do every single American uh, stereotype, I want to do it. I want to do it in the game. Let's do it. <laughs> hey man, you ever see this hair anaconda here? Oh my gosh, we'll just call it NASCAR and say to hell with it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to come up with a cool, like, acronym no, we, for it. No. Yeah, I was about to say, we need a real good acronym for this. That'd be great <laughs> and fantastic in so many ways. Oh, man, but uh, in all seriousness, like, uh, I, I think Alec Turner actually organized all this, and uh, super cool that he did that. I think it's really awesome. Um, I, I, I'm sure he had help doing it with some of the other people, but... Uh, I mean, respect to all the work you guys did on this. Um, man, you know, I, I, I just wish I could have could have done this in, like, November or September when I could participate. But life goes on. <laughs> yeah, I just wish I, like, I'd gotten into a lot of this stuff sooner. That way I would have, like, kept up with it and known about it. Because, I mean, I've heard about, like, the Buckyball stuff here and there, mm-hmm. but... Like, it's not like it's necessarily out there. You got to do some forum digging to find it. Yeah, and, and and maybe we're just not, you know, following it well enough to really be able to know. But, because uh, I, 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 I don't know. But, that's, I, I, I can't wait to see, like, what they do. Because surely Frontier is going to bring, it's going to have some more uh, uh, videos about this. Like the way they kind of did that one video, I kind of got the impression that they were going to record uh, or they were going to do some more live stream uh, races and stuff. I want them to just like, like every time that there is a, uh, every time that there is a, there is a buckyball race, like, like let's just, let's get uh, a Daryl Wall trip in and let's just, you know, uh, announce it full-blown like boogity boogity boogie let's go racing <laughs> <laughs> it'll never happen because oh but you know what that's what they do like i don't know who in the world uh, does the announces for formula one but they get some formula one announcers to do it that's how you do it yeah man yeah, yeah. be very cool to see <laughs> like especially if like it like set up racing courses or something like that and uh you know, have people like that are casting it and stuff like that. I feel like that'd be pretty cool. That would be cool, yeah. That'd be very cool. I'd be all for that. And of course, I just think I just want them to do full blown racing in this game anyway. But yep. I, I, you know, th- this like one of those things like a credit to the community about how, how, like, like there's no mechanics in the game for racing to exist, none. But. There's all these things that people have made for racing to work. And 
you know, Frontier starting to release paints for different ships that are kind of like, hey, you know, we're going to, like, here's a paint skin for this ship, and here's a paint skin for that ship, and, man, well, I, I mean, just... they did release those racing skins. Yeah, I, I, I just want them to do more of that. I want more, you know? More. <laughs> give me more, give me more. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also had a patch on Thursday this week. Uh, be the third in a series of patches to fix their game. Yeah, this is the longest September update I've ever seen in any any month. Um, but it it looks like they actually like number one they fixed the uh, the mission the mission soft lock thing. They and they also removed the workaround bullcrap missions. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But they did fix it, and uh, I, I I have played this patch for about four hours today, and uh, this is actually the first time I got to get in game because of real life stuff. Uh, but man, it's it's good. Uh, I I feel like they kind of I haven't encountered a bug yet. I'm sure there's people who have encountered some bugs, but. I have not encountered a bug. I feel like that this is kind of where we should have been three weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I've been perusing through Reddit like I normally do, and haven't seen anything about anything being broken. Uh, it looks like, from what I am reading, they fixed. Uh, they fixed. They added the ability for PC players to select their uh, network adapter. So it looks like they finally fixed that instead of yeah. having to work around for that. Yeah. Um, I also saw where they fixed the. Uh, in the cockpit UI, where the it was like if you switch ships, it would have like multiple modules to appear, or modules that were in your previous ship appear. Um, they also fixed uh, that big Xbox One uh, bug where it was like stuck in deep or that that debug test text that appeared whenever you named your ship. I know that would. I was seeing Reddit there for a while where everybody was debug test. I don't remember naming it this, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have a ship named debug test now. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's like I said, I mean, browsing through the Reddit and things like that, I don't see too much of anything that's broken. I mean, people are having connection issues, but I don't think that has anything to do with the game itself. It looks like they've been having some of these issues going on for a while. Uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, Riot's been pretty much quiet. It's just been mostly pretty screenshots and people just telling stories and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I feel like they got this one right. The only kind of outstanding thing that I have heard of is the, uh, multi-crew bug when mining. Sometimes when you, when you're in a multi-crew and you're mining a, a an, an asteroid that you're going to have to, uh, crack open. That it, it kind of bugs out sometimes, and it only even if you have a good break, it will kind of bug and will only spawn one or two pieces or no pieces. Hmm. Um, but a, and that, to my knowledge, has been kind of com- like it was really bad the first, like right after they they put in the asteroid, the uh, oh god, what are they called the 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 asteroid fishers? Yeah, where you could crack them, and then. Uh, a few, oh god, what was it? Like they fixed it a couple of patches later, and then it seems like it's, it was back for a while. 
And me and my buddy Cody, like when when we were mining him, this you know he joined right after uh, Void Opals. Um, it was like we were in you know a multi crew, and I was trying to mine stuff so, to get him enough money to where he get kind of started in the game, and uh, that's where we first saw the bug. And I, I saw one or two Reddit posts where apparently it is still a thing, but it's a rant, it's a lot happens a lot less the way I understand it. So, no, oh, I know when uh, I was being taught to mine. This wasn't even multi crew. This was a uh, just in a uh, in a, a wing. There we go. But um, apparently, if you take two people, it's real iffy about who gets to get the materials from the mines and or from the asteroid cracks and things like that instead of like letting both people be able to do it oh wow so uh, while i was out mining with my buddy and he was trying to teach me it's like we had a hard time a getting me to be able to collect some of the things but he would do it and have to drop it off like he'd have to jettison it so that way i could collect it so it was kind of weird but we figured it out and got it to work eventually yeah and, and, and you know i'll tell you something else too like uh, it took him three weeks but Frontier got it right on this one. I feel like uh, it was like they finally, yeah, like they finally got their finger on the pulse, like, and they're figuring out stuff. Let's just hope this trend uh, keeps going forward and keeps looking up. Yep. Uh, another piece of news is the, and again, we're late to the party here, but the scourge, the new, uh, oh, my brain just farted. What are they called? Oh, the Interstellar Initiative. Jesus. There you go. <laughs> Uh, the new Interstellar Initiative was announced and went live on Thursday, I think. Yep. And uh, the Interstellar Interstellar Association for Agricul- Agriculture has declared a state of emergency following severe crop failures across multiple worlds. And if you've been following Galnet at all, this is kind of in line with like the Galnet reports for the last few. Days yeah, there's weeks. been a bunch of stories about crop failures here and there. Yeah. To prevent food shortages and economic strife for billions of civilians, independent pilots are being asked to bring grain, pesticides, and synthetic reagents to two key locations. I cannot talk. <laughs> Throughout the course of the event, we'll be periodically updating this thread of details, blah, 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 blah. And again, I read it right off. Um... See, where so as, a, yeah. as of recording time, you have about three days, three days left on this. Yeah. Um, pesticides, synthetic reagents, and grain to be delivered to Watson Station and the Orev, 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 O-R-E-R-V-E system. Or, or, and, yeah, huh. let's, let's, yeah. I want to hear you say it. Say it. Or, all right, we're going to go with Orev. <laughs> I don't know how else to say. <laughs> and I was gonna be like, oh, like, part of me wants to be like a revere, but I know that's not it. <laughs> See, I think it's probably French. I think we're saying Orve. Orve. Really. And shift an old port in the diesel diesel system. So. Um, this is this is like their other interstellar initiatives. This is like step one, and there's usually three or four steps or phase one. Usually three or four phases to all these. Uh, not too interested in doing this one myself, um, 
but I'm kind of interested to see where this goes uh, because it's called the Scourge. What are they? What are they? What do you think that might mean storyline wise here? Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about like food shortages and crop failures and they're wanting pesticides, it sounds kind of like I don't know, like the biblical like play swarm of locusts coming through and eating everything. So part of me is wondering if like this is gonna have anything to do with the Thargoid attacks or if this is just gonna be like something they're just doing to give people more to do. Cause I mean, uh, we're not, well, they haven't had a, uh, community event here in a hot minute and I kind of miss participating in those. So I'll probably get mm-hmm. a few runs of some of this stuff in. Well, they, um, you know, when they started doing these interstellar initiatives, they kind of said, Hey, we're not going to do any more community events. We're going to do these for a while. Uh, and they're, they're, they're a little bit more involved than your standard community event. So I kind of like that fact. And they kind of, typically tie more into Galnet. Like the last time, the last one was when uh, we had to evacuate uh, oh, Professor Palin, the engineer, and he moved from Maya to Ark, I believe. And there was this, and then right after that, we saw this brand new type of uh, Thargoid interceptor that was kind of yellowy and it had a different, eyeball or cockpit in the middle and it had like some different textures on it that made it look like it was diseased or something and it would appear no (laughs) (laughs) exactly when you tried to scan it it would say no or none or something like that it was and i don't think we've seen anything else come out of that do you have you heard anything about anything new about that uh i have not as far as i know it just kind of was a thing it happened and then uh yeah, it disappeared after that. Like. See, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that somehow that ties into this. Uh, I'm not real sure how they're going to do it, but that would be kind of cool to me. I hope they do. Yeah, well, see what they're planning. See what they've got going. See what, uh, see what secrets are unveiled. You know, they in the last Galnet, they talked about like some civil unrest and stuff, so I got a feeling the next phase will be uh, like bounty hunting type stuff or uh, escort whatever type things you know uh, hmm. kind of makes you wonder if war were, gonna, war were declared because <laughs> if you're saying it like civil unrest well that alarm only goes off if war were declared what's happening war were declared that's a total Futurama reference I love it yep <laughs> <laughs> you know that's one of my favorite episodes too man that's uh, I'm gonna get off on a tangent here because I think that was the episode where uh they had the the Hawkeye robot. He had the little switch on his side, like from Mash, you know. He, he would go from <laughs> like like from uh, humor to maudlin or whatever it was. <laughs> the the whole thing where <laughs> war is murder. War is murder. <laughs> war is murder. Like so so you've seen some Mash, right? Uh, it's been a minute, but yes. Like it. That show is great, but it irritates me just a little because it's a it's it's a little it's 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 just a little annoying with its uh I don't know it's just like Hawkeye like I liked all the other characters but Hawkeye was the character I didn't really like which is weird I know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, man it's, just, it's it's been a long time since I've seen that show but I know it was like super great and had a bunch of super funny moments in it. 
you know, I, I watched that entire show out of order because they would, it was coming on in syndication late at night when I get off from work and it would come on and then right after that would, uh, battle, not Battlestar, uh, Babylon five. And that's how I discovered Babylon five. And I love that show. And, but I watched, but because it was all, because, you know, it was in syndication it was all out of order, so I have no, uh, like, they would have an episode where where Trapper was there, and the next episode, uh, BJ was there, like, well, what happened uh, to Trapper? And it was months before I discovered that Trapper got to go home or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Suddenly a character's gone that I know about. And they completely spoiled the episode where uh, where, where Henry Blake died, because, like, like it, it was one where uh, Colonel Potter was there, and it was like, oh... Uh, uh, Henry Blake oh, man, man rest in peace. I was like, oh man, what the hell happened to him? <laughs> by the way, by the way, spoiler alert. <laughs> oh hell, <laughs> that show was made in the fifties. You haven't seen it by now. <laughs> Sorry. I'm surprised they haven't tried to reboot that yet. I don't think they will, but because because that's like one of the shows that are very kind of like for its time. People, things were going. Yeah. People love that show, and they hold hold in such high regard. If they were to if they were to try to redo that show, there would literally be rioting in the streets. So, but anyway, that's that's our that's our uh, spin for the week. That's our that's where we uh, tan- that's our that's our little tangent for the week. Yeah, that's our tangent. So, but uh. On to other things. What the hell? Oh, there it goes. What did I just do? (laughs) Alright, so. It is time for Earn Your Wings. And what we're going to talk about this week for us earn your wings, which is the segment that me and Justin do. We're going to, we started this last week. We're going to talk just a little bit about, um, like basic elite dangerous stuff or what we consider basic. We say this before we even go into it, that we are by far no means experts as far as how to play the game. There's plenty of experts out there that are guides. I'd point you at uh, Commander Exegius on YouTube. But when people ask us questions, I'm going to try to do. I'm going to do my best to answer them. So. Yep. Uh, so one of the things that was brought up, brought up, was PVE fire groups. And how do you do your fire groups, man? Uh, well, typically, uh, because I have my chaff launchers hot mount to a special. A special button so that I don't have to fire group it. Um, what I do is I'll have just like because typically if I'm doing PVE, I'll have some sort of laser and multi cannons, right? Because simple is best for PVE, and you want to be out there for as long as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll have like my lasers in one group, my multi cannons in another group, and that's about it. See, that's that's basically how I do mine. One thing I will. Um... So the, the first thing I would, I'd recommend to anyone who's like confused about fire groups is number one, get your keybind straight. Don't put chaff, heat sinks, uh, 
what else? Um, what else could be mapped to a separate button? Chaff heat sink. Oh, Jesus Christ, there's one other thing. I know. Um, uh, the anti-missile stuff? Oh, the... If you're doing Thargoids, the the pulse thing, the the thing, the the the, the pulse amplifier, the pulse null nullifier, yeah, nullifier. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You can put those on separate buttons and put those on a separate button because what you want to be able to do is have it to where your your primary fire is going to be your shield drain and your secondary fire is going to be your whole your whole drain. And the way that I do my fire groups, like, like my, my group A is, is always my, my, my scanners, like my discovery scanner, my surface scanner, if I have one, my wake scanner, stuff like that I put onto uh, fire group A. Fire group B is like, um, like my primary weapon stuff. Um and, and I, I like pulse lasers. lasers. You, you like, like beam lasers. lasers. And I, I think, think there's probably logic behind both of them. But, um, so, so typically I put my pulse lasers, lasers there. And then my secondary group on that is where I put my, uh, my multi cannons. Third group is kind of my wild card group. I will put, uh, collector limpets or, um, I'm doing mining prospector limpets there. Just kind of depends on what ship I'm in for that. Yeah, that's kind of how it works out for me. Like, um, a lot of my different fire groups just depend on the ship I'm in and what I'm doing at that current moment. Uh, because I mean, if I'm in a if I'm in a pure combat ship, then I don't really use the scanners all that much. Right. But I, you know, it's like I said, I use my weapons. And uh, just before we get emails and anything like that, another thing we didn't think of was the uh, shield batteries because those can be bound to an individual thing as well. Yep, shield cell bank. That was the other one I was trying to think of. Thank you. There we go. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, the um, because you don't, if, if you, if you, if you use shield cell banks, you don't want to be a situation where your, where your shields are draining, you're having to flip through your fire groups to find your shield cells. You just want to be able to hit a button and recharge your shields. Um, and, and the way I do it is I use my, my number buttons. One, two, three, four, you know, one, two, like one is my heat sink, two is my... I don't, I don't have any shield, shield, shield cells right now, but two is my shield cells. Three was my chaff, I think, and I don't remember what I put on four. Four may be something else now. Because, oh, you know, four was actually my um, my discovery, my, my secondary fire button for my discovery scanner, but that's because I did a weird setup there for a while. Honk. Exactly. The, the, the best thing I can, the best advice I can tell you when it comes to fire groups is to change them out often whenever you like play with them a certain way for a little bit and then change them out and try something different and the reason why i say that is because what you're doing today may not be what's best so try something different and then keep it you know force yourself to keep it that way for two or three days to see if it's more efficient for you the way i do pretty much everything is that i do something as well as I can do it, and then the next time I do it, I try to make it a little bit better. And the next time I do it, I try to make it a little bit better. And maybe this, you know, podcast thing is not working out quite that way. <laughs> but uh, everything I do, I try to. Every time I do it, I try to make it a little bit better. And um, like 
for instance, the other day with my um, vet, I went in there and pulled off all the weapons and try put on some beam can some uh, beam lasers, and I put on uh, some um, oh, what are the things the brain farting again here? The freaking plasma launchers. No, uh, uh, pulse accelerators. Well, is that right? Pulse accelerator, plasma, plasma accelerators. Jesus. Particle, particle accelerators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, like the, the one shot, shot, you gotta hold down the button, button charge them up, and then they they're slow. They hit like a truck. We're professionals. Look, I know. I gotta look it up now, man. Shit. Uh. It's, it's, good good, it's good that we, we don't get paid, paid for this. this. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> We'd be fired. Yeah, yeah plasma accelerators. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. yeah. But I, I put on some plasma accelerators. I put on a rail gun. And it reminded me very quickly that I still don't like those weapons. <laughs> but um, I went through there and forced myself to do something different for a while because I wanted to see if it was... If they had made them better, or if they were just more fun, or if if I had gotten good enough to I really wanted to use them. That's, that's why I said, you know, don't don't let yourself get stuck in a rut of doing the same thing over and over again. Don't be afraid to try something different. Um, especially with this game, um, every few patches it seems like, well, not every few patches it's been like that for quite a while now, but every it's just good to try try everything out, especially if you got some money that you can play with. I mean, it's not like it's hard to get money due to the mining craze. That's the thing. Like, you're now... I feel like experimentation's kind of, like, allowed a lot more now than it yeah. what it used to be because, you know, you don't have to necessarily worry about not having that rebuy cost because it's just like, well, I do one mining run and I'm good to go. Right. And the other thing is, like, when it comes to fire... When it comes to weapons and fire groups, is that, like... The main reason why I prefer pulse lasers is because... They're efficient, and they're once you kind of get them engineered, they're really good at removing shields. And to me, the name of the game is getting the shields down because um, that's that's like the hardest part for a PVE. Because uh, once the shields are down, nope, none of the none of the NPCs or most of the NPCs don't have any sort of hull tanks, so you can usually destroy their hulls really quickly. And the, but the best thing you can do there is have one of your multi-cannons with corrosive. And once that corrosive hits once, it just melts that hole like crazy. Um, so I, I, there's not a wrong way to do fire groups. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, play around with them and... Exper don't be afraid to experiment. Just, just... Test a few things, do a few things, and if you don't like the way something feels, then try something different. Right. So, the next little thing that we're going to talk about, because we have the question for Justin. Now, the reason <laughs> so, so the reason why we do this is because I've been I've been playing this game since launch, pretty steady. Justin played it for a while, I think for about a year, then he quit for two or three years, and then he just come back. What about a year ago? Is that right? No, not even that long ago. So yeah, so um, it's it's. I pose these questions to you with the attitude of you're kind of a medium new newer player, so you might have a different 
idea. And a perfect example is like what we had with the pilot where he said, hey, what if they burn the bubble? Oh my God, I've never thought of that. That's the most amazing idea. I love this. Please do this. They never will, but I hope that they do. Um, so the question is, how can Frontier tell the story better? And what I mean by that is, it's not so much the news, because there is a story behind all this with the Thargoids and Jameson and 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 in in raw and all that there is a story so so how can how can what do you want frontier to do to tell the story better well i mean i would say and like i know it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to make an open-ended one-to-one ratio of the milky way like it's hard to make everything completely out there i get that but i feel like if there was a way for them to kind of like like with interstellar initiatives and community goals, like it's one of those things where it should be something that's kind of like you unlock it as you go. And just like they, they have like emergency messages or like I've slept like special things that come up on the mission board to kind of like do it. Because I feel like if you're just expecting players to go into like the Galnet thing and read a story, like it's, it's a lot of people aren't going to do that. They're just worried about going pew pew and being a pilot. You know, it wasn't too long ago that Frontier said, um, sorry, I had a cough. Um, they said um, that they were going to, so, so Frontier was posting something to Galnet nearly every day. And some of the stories were tied directly into community objectives or interstellar initiatives or things that would happen in the game. And some of them were just for uh, flavor. And I guess about three, four, five weeks ago, it was right before, well, I guess it's about two months ago now, because, you know, this is episode eight. Eight? Yeah, episode eight. Technically, this is episode nine if you count um, the pilot, but that's kind of a, I'm not counting that in the, in the order of the episodes here, so. Um, but, uh, they decided to st- Frontier decided to stop doing just the just the filler galnets. So all the galnets are gonna have like a story thing. And yeah, you can read them in game. Yeah, you can you can have them play in game, which is like the coolest thing. But for me, I look at other games that are doing even MMOs that do a real good job of telling a story. And there's there's not really a way that you can participate in this. Uh, I mean, you can, I mean, I don't. That's not the right way to say it. There's a lot of ways you can participate in the story of Elite. There's not like a. There's not I cool think, little cutscenes. Is probably the best way to think about it. I think that, and I think like another big thing about it is too is just kind of like the. Uh, the initiative to be like involved within this like because i mean obviously you have players that are wanting to do things like if you're explorers out there like you know if you're ten thousand light years from the bubble there's no possible way you're doing this like but i don't know i feel like it's like some more like initiative for players to be involved with how it unfolds and things like that it'd probably go a little bit further yeah you know, I, 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 was, I was kind of talking about this with my buddy Cody the other day, and he, he made mention that it would be kind of a cool thing 
if we could send out uh, exploration ships, like once we get our fleet carriers, we can send out an exploration ship, and then it automatically flies to wherever, you know, wherever we tell it to go to. And it's just like a standard ASP Explorer or a Crate Phantom or, or Diamondback Explorer or, you know, whatever kind of exploration ship. It's just kind of like, like you have to hire a crew and you send it out there. But then once it gets out there, you can you can remotely control it. And that way you can still participate in the community initiatives or the interstellar initiatives, the community things that are going on while you're out there exploring. And one of the things, you know, I brought up to or he, he said, well, there's not really, you know, a lore reason why. And I said, well, hold on a minute. We have, you know, the way they described the uh, multi-crew thing was that you hollow me into them. Like, you're kind of remote, you're, remote, you're remoting into their ship. So if you can remote into a buddy of your ship, why couldn't you send your crew to send this ship out to wherever? And they can even do, like, some, you know, like some random stuff. Like, oh, well, this, this crew member was not a very good pilot, so they crashed your ship. You lost the crew member, and you just kind of lost. You know, it's it's a gamble for you. I, I really. I don't, uh, like I don't like a lot of people would be happy about that though. Is the thing is, it's just like, oh, I'm not going to pay this money for some AI to crash my ship and da da da. Well, then. But then it's like at the same time though, I see those videos where people have docking computers that go awry, and their mm-hmm. ship kind of splatters into something. <laughs> it's just kind of like. <laughs> You know, that's part of the reason why I took out the docking computer, computer too. You know, that I didn't splatter anything, but it was scurring me. <laughs> Got all scurry. Um, that's it's funny to me like that. That that's something that could actually happen. So it's just like even with things in this game that are supposed to work 100 percent of the time, you don't always do it. Yeah. We still don't even have self-driving ships in the future. Well, you know, you, you could you could take your your your, your crew members. And you level them up anyway. Maybe, maybe as you get them higher leveled up, maybe the chances of them making a mistake or whatever drops significantly. Oh god, I just thought about it. What if, like, you'd have? There's a chance that you would have to play the part of a fuel rat. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Like, if they're out there going, "Hey, there's no stars around here that I dig fuel. I need you to bring me fuel," and that'd be another one of those things where it's like, "Well, sorry, pal." Uh. Been nice knowing you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I just, you, you, you literally just made me think about something. We need to get a fuel rat on here. Ooh, that'd be a good idea. If there's any fuel rats listening that would like to participate in an episode with us, let us interview you about a few things, man, I would, I'd love to have a conversation with you and uh, get you on the show. Uh, shoot us an email, questions or questions at gmail.com or Twitter us at... Uh, Why can I never remember that? <laughs> it's not complicated enough. That's the problem. But, um, yeah, that'd be super cool. Uh, I know two of, no, actually three of my friends that have had to use it. I've never had to personally use it myself, but, uh, in the words of my buddy Eldon, uh, they're like little petrol soak angels. Those guys are so awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I, I have. I, I have never had to use one. I got close, really scared once. Um, like, <laughs> you, you know how, like, the bottom bar disappears and, like, you just kind of have, like, the top bar? 
That happened oh, once. God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, uh, uh, my buddy, another buddy of mine who stopped playing the game, he, uh, he didn't use them, but I had to go rescue him once. So that was no, that's, cool. that's mighty fine of you, because, uh, I know Eldon the one time. No, it wasn't Eldon the one time he had to do it. It was our buddy Silas. He was out of fuel and he was asking another buddy of ours, and he was like, "No, I'm good." So he just contacted the fuel rats. But it's just like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what, what was, was even funnier about that is I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and I didn't have a fuel transfer lipid. I thought I just needed like a uh, uh, an extra fuel tank, so I had to. Going, this is before I was elite, so I had to go and find a freaking fuel transfer limit. And you would probably would have been better off just contacting the fuel rats, but I was determined, damn it. Because he was still in the bubble. I got you, man. He just, uh, he just got, he was in a large ship and got stuck in a system where there was nothing but small, uh, stations, and he didn't have a fuel scoop, so. I mean, I was definitely going, I was going out one time, and. Like, I, I got scary close being out of fuel, but thankfully, like, it's like, I got, like, ten of, like, the red dwarf stars in a row, and it was just like, dude, I need fuel, like, <laughs> and then, uh, that's when I learned how to filter fuelable stars, and, uh, yeah, we found that fuelable star in the next jump, and sat there for, like, ten minutes, letting my fuel scoop refuel. <laughs> um, so, on uh, far as... We, we have, have one little thing of community news, and it's kind of promoting ourselves. So I'm gonna I'm gonna promote ourselves for just a minute. Uh, so Alec uh, Alec Turner has a forum post that he updates regularly called Alec's Best of the Forum and Elsewhere. And currently he is on page I think I think he's at the page 29 right. Yeah, it's a page 29. And he put us up there, man. Uh, it says, recently discovered a new Elite Dangerous podcast called Loose Screws, a.k.a. the American Elite Dangerous Podcast. Um, it's now on the seventh episode. Tune in to hear Ty and Justin talk about the week's news and other stuff. Now add it to the YouTube channel's podcast, etc. section. So, we appreciate that shout out. Good hell yeah, man. That was really cool of you, Alec. So I appreciate that a lot. Uh, that was really the only community thing I have. Uh, no, the, the, the only other thing I'd say, like, right now is, uh, I know Live Radio did their Twitch thing. I'm pretty sure they did, at least. I didn't watch it or I haven't checked it out, but, uh, I haven't seen a new episode from them up. So, uh, we weren't the only ones late this week, it seems. It's been a weird week. We're week for a lot of folks, I think. So. Yeah. Hopefully, those guys are doing okay. Hopefully, it was just a mistake on the button. You know, um, <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but like, I've been kind of surrounded by uh, customer service disappointment recently. Uh, you know, like a perfect example is is um, so 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 Saturday, me and. So, so, so I have two friends that I've literally known since I was like six years old, um, and they're 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 not really into games as much, but we do a lot of different things together. 
Uh, and one of them is October. During the month of October, every Saturday, we go to a different haunted house in the area. And because we love, we love Halloween, we love, we love everything about Halloween. And as we've gotten older, we're learning that we can't stay out to midnight anymore. But, <laughs> um, so, so the one we decided to go to was Screams. And it's, it's about two and a half hours away. So, uh, one of my friends decided to rent a van because he's got to get his wife and his nephews and his his nephews and his nephews' wives and a um, uh, couple other friends, his cousin, his sister. Total is about, I think we had 20 people, either 19 or 20 people. Good Lord. So he decides he's going to rent a van, put all, put all of us in a van, and drive down there. So we can all be together and have a good time. Cool. Saturday he goes to pick up the van, and they lost his reservation. No. He went up there, paid him some money, got the got it you know rented, and they lost his reservation. And all I could think of as as he's telling me this because I didn't go with him when he when he went it because I had I was trying to get other stuff ready so I could go. And he <laughs> he's he's telling me the story and the whole episode of Seinfeld pops in where they, you take a reservation you just can't hold the reservation. <laughs> But anyway, he um, we, we ended up having a good time. But um, man, screams like we get up there to screams, and then we had this uh, part where like they divided us in two. And it's you know I, I get we're twenty people, so we're gonna, our groups are gonna be divided in two, so the haunted house is more enjoyable. That didn't bother me. What bothered me was when they said, okay, well you guys you know we're gonna do like a nine and seven kind of split this time. Cool, no big deal. Or nine and eight, whatever. Or eight and eight, whatever it was. And then, like, this other guy comes up and splits us again and says, No, y'all can't do that. You have to do four and four. And I'm like, Well, they just went in with these eight. You're not going to let us do this. And then he made us rearrange the line. And then they sent in the group. So it really irritated me because, like, you know, part of the fun of going to the haunted house is getting to watch your friends be scared while you're not. <laughs> yeah. And I missed that, and it was like the one of the. You know, they have five. They have five haunted houses at this place. One of them is is pretty good. Another one is is completely garbage, and three of them are mediocre at best. And we happened to be at one of the mediocre ones, and of course, the way that they divide redivided us up, it made it to where the people who are normally scared all went together. So it was real boring for us. That sucks. And Thanks the, for ruining the experience. Exactly. And, you know, we paid good money for this. We paid a lot of money for this. I mean, it's like 50 bucks a ticket because we also got the Fast Pass. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people there, and I get that they're making money hand over fist here, but give us a little bit of break here. We're, we do this every year because we haven't come to you guys in a while, but now we remember why we stopped coming to y'all. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that is something that would kind of like... Uh, it like like you said, it just ruins the experience because it's just like if you get stuck with the people who are used to doing this kind of stuff and you know kind of like behind the scenes stuff, it's like you know then it's just it's you go there more for like entertainment of watching others and then you don't get that. So yeah, and this is the one time of year that so like 
this is the one time of year that like me and my friends we actually get together and do things so we'll get together every now little groups of us will get together to do things every now and then but we getting us all together is, is rare so it's <sighs> just frustrating and the worst part was like before even that i had an issue with the bank trying to order the tickets and just like it's just customer service disappointment all day long and then all of this ended up pushing back our episode all i could think of was that their bad customer service made it to where i'm giving bad customer service I'm like it's gotta stop <laughs> I have to be the final put in the cycle of endless torture. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man, just just a bad. Uh, it left a it left a really bad taste in my mouth, and I. Like last year, we went to another one called Thrillvania, and it was really good. We had a great time, and the one. Uh, we decided well, we'll go to Screams because Screams is bigger and it'll be great. And yeah, we're, we're not, not going, going back to screams. <laughs> that was just bad. It left a real bad taste in our mouth. Did not have a good time. They had one haunted house, which was good, because they got this one part where the floor actually vibrates. Uh, like that, it's 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 it doesn't sound like much, but like when they do all the lights and other things with it, and the floor is vibrating, it's a completely different feeling. And it's but the rest of them were just garbage and just a waste of time. So. And plus, plus all, all the other things, things that took place. place. <laughs> uh, anyway. I'm, I'm done. done. Dumb. That's, That's my rant. rant. I'm, I'm done. done. <laughs> that wraps up the weekly segment of Ty's Ranting Hour. I want to move on to emails real quick. So Red Borg sent us a correction from not the pilot episode, the previous episode. Uh, uh, when he said that uh, Final Fantasy... 14. I want to actually read what he said. Let me get this email for you. It was about cross-platform play. I said uh, Final Fantasy 14. Um, it was Final Fantasy 11. I had the two confused. I had a derp moment there. Uh, but he's absolutely right. Final Fantasy 11 was the first, to my knowledge. Uh, it was not 14. Um, and you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I forget that 11 was even a thing. Because it... I, I, I think it was really strong there for a while, and then when 14 released, it was bad, and then they re-released 14, and then they made it good. Uh, I just got the two confused, but yeah, you're absolutely right, Red Borg. It was, it was 11, so... Uh, we appreciate yes. your answer. Yes, I appreciate, because uh, y'all know I'm dumb, so it's good to have people who check me from time to time. <laughs> um... Got an email here from Numero81 with a Explorer question. Hey, Lou Screws. I'm Commander Numero81 writing to you from France. Hello from France and all the French people. Hello. I'm popular there. I can't speak French. I speak redneck, but uh, ooh la la. Oh, tu, tu ne parles pas la langue de français? Potato, potato, what? Is <laughs> <laughs> that you can speak French? I don't speak anything. I speak French. I have, uh, I have forgotten a lot of French, but we can. I, I, I can tell you that I speak a little bit of French, and that I've forgotten a lot of French, and that's about it. Well, anyway. So numero 81, numero 81 writes, I've been listening to your podcast since you started and really enjoying it, particularly because, and thank you for listening, by the way, 
particularly because I'm a fairly new player, started two months ago, and you're the only podcast seeming to focus more on us newbies. So thanks for that. I've listened to your podcast and found your segment, your new segment really interesting, and I have a question of my own. I'm an explorer and got myself a crate fan because of the pilot. Who didn't get a crate fan because of the pilot? <sighs> Who, who, who presented as being the, ex, the best exploration ship, and I, and, and I am very happy with it. But I've also heard a lot of people say that the Anaconda is better, and now I have the credits for it. So I was wondering the pros and cons of Phantom versus Anaconda exploration-wise. Um, I mean, I own neither of those ships, but... I think, like, the biggest advantage that most people will give the Anaconda is it's the fact that it has the highest jump range. Like, it's got more jump range than it has any right to, the Anaconda, or that the Anaconda had. The pilot says that in this Anaconda video. But, um... The thing about it is, it's just, you know, you have, like, a lot of people just love Anacondas as a general-purpose ship. It can do what you want it to do without much hassle. Now, the Crate Phantom, on the other hand, which I've seen this kind of pop up on Reddit, too, where people were talking about it, and a lot of people were like, eh, I think I'd use the Crate Phantom. I think it's because it's a medium ship, so when you're deciding to come back from being out there and everything like that, it's easier for you to find a place to kind of like land and park it. And if it if the Phantom has the same view pane as like the Mark II crate, then I would argue that it probably like if you're if you're one of those people that doesn't go outside of your ship to take screenshots and things like that, then yeah, uh, then the view would probably be a little bit better in the Crate Phantom. I don't know, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? Well, let me, let me read his other, he has a follow-up question. I was particularly wondering if I'd be able to dock in the most remote outposts since the Anaconda is a large ship and I don't know the stations have large landing pads. Thanks in advance. So, let me, let me start off by saying this. I have been to Colonia. I have been to uh, 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 Sagittarius A. I have been to. I took when I went to Colonia and back. I took the um, road to Colonia where they have like stations along the way. Um, I've been all the way to Sagittarius uh, not to, uh, Beagle Point. I did all of this in an engineered Federal Corvette, which is a large ship and had a 33 light year jump range. Now, I have since gone back and did it in a Crate Phantom. The Crate Phantom was so much more enjoyable trip. Um, I didn't find a place that I could not land at in my large ship, so I don't think that that's a big deal. When it comes to the jump range, so I just I just pulled it up on uh, Coriolis and I stripped down an Anaconda and I stripped down a Phantom. To that all all they had was the Guardian frame shift drive booster, and the only engineering I did was the. Uh, uh, Increased uh, jump range with Mass Manager, late grade 5. The maximum jump range on the Anaconda is 73.36 light years. Now, this is before you do, like, the, the weight stripping and stuff. Yeah. 
and the maximum jump range on the Crate Phantom is 70.74. So we're talking a difference of about two and a half light years. Three, three light years is what we're talking about here. Not a whole lot then. So for me, I think the Crate Phantom is the perfect middle ground because number one, uh, it's a fun ship to fly. And it's, it's got the second best looking cockpit uh, as far as the, what you can see in the game. The Anaconda, and I, I do have an Anaconda, and it's actually stripped, and I'm not using it right now. It's just sitting in the bay. Uh, I don't like the, the way the Anaconda turns. I don't like the speed of the Anaconda. I don't like the roll rate of the Anaconda. I don't like the pitch. I don't like the, um, uh, the yaw rate. I don't like... I don't like the Anaconda. I don't like it. I don't like the hard points... I don't, I don't, I don't like, like where the uh, our cargo scoop is located. I don't like the way the ugly ass landing gear look. I don't like it. Um, and there's a bunch of reasons why. And I feel like the Anaconda is one of those ships where, from the development side of views, the the development side of things, they spend a lot of time to develop it to make it look really good. Because it has all the destruction stuff. It has the um, like the like like when you when it gets damaged like parts of it get bent and explode and uh, you know other ships kind of get like burned and stuff but this actually has a damage model and I don't know of another ship in the game that has a damage model I'm sure there is I'm sure there are there are ones but I don't know of one uh, so it's, it's it's I'm a little irritated because I feel like they spend a lot more time making the Anaconda than they did some of the other ships. Maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but... And maybe some, some of this will get fixed in, in the 2020 patch, I don't know, but... That's what I was thinking, is, like, maybe they should start, like, working on that and having, like, the damage models and things like that. That seems just, like, their light little touches that... I don't know, it just... It, it would add that, just that, that little bink of enjoyment. Yeah. Um, so, 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 Numero, I would say... You know, I would say go with the um, go with the Phantom. I, I feel like it's a great, great ship. Uh, that's 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 what I would do. Um, just me though. <laughs> You're not you and a bunch of other people would say the same thing. So I mean, I'm with you there too. I think I choose the Phantom over it. Yeah. Um, got another email. Um, here from we got Justin. Justin. We have an email from Justin. Um, Not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it says, uh, "Hey there, guys. Been listening a few episodes now. I admit that I skipped the first couple, mostly because I've been a podcaster for six years now, and I remember what our first episode or two or three was like. And no <laughs> show would be judged by the should be judged by that. That's exactly right. Our first." episode was with me and two other people who were not interested really in doing podcasts regularly uh, actually uh, the second episode was just with me by myself and but whenever Justin got it this one thing got good so he apparently is the sauce in the soup that makes it good so oh thank you sir I just compared you to pepper so calm down there <laughs> hey 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 I'm still a bit spicy, so it's all good. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, enjoy the discussions. I've been playing uh, uh, Elite for almost a year now, and then got VR in May. You even started streaming my play sessions a couple weeks ago. Touched on almost every aspect of the game by now, and while I consider myself somewhat of a noob, I do lots of research and discussion on the forum, so I feel like I've been pretty well armed as I get into most new things. And I'm not so ashamed, so I've gone ahead and posted my very first Thargoid kills and PvP losses for all to see. Hey man, congrats on the Thargoid kills, and congrats on the PvP losses. I lost a lot before I got good at Thargoids. I'm still not good at PvP, but anyway. Um, so I, I, I should have a question for you both. Let's see. Here's this question. I suppose having discovered this game at the end of 2018, I kind of missed a lot of the organic formation of the story elements surrounding Thargoids and Guardians as well as power play. Coming to it now is like, I miss being part of the discovery. So what was your experience when all this started happening? Did you participate in the story as it unfolded or just watch it after the fact? Tell us your perspective on the story of the galaxy. Thanks. In the middle of the pilot interview now, cheers. First of all, thanks for the Justin. Thanks for the email, Justin. Thanks for the Justin email. Thanks for the email, Justin. Shit. Sorry, I took a drink of water. Um, so, were you around at all for, like, the um, unknown artifacts? Pot, uh, no, I was not. So, I was, let me, so you mentioned uh, the story elements of power play. There is no story element of power play. There was a patch where they threw it in, and here's the, here's the power play stuff. And I'm still convinced that the power play stuff is the worst implementation of anything in any game ever. Um, I feel like they could do a lot. I feel like, I don't want to give a whole tangent here, but I feel like there's very minor tweaks that they could do to the numbers of the game and make it very interesting. Um, but the way PowerPlay sits right now is a module grab, and I don't like it. And I wish they would change it and update it, but uh, that's a different story. But the story surrounding the Thargoids and the Guardians and all that, I watched kind of from afar because a lot of that took place while I was doing my exploration stuff. But watching the videos and people discover things in-game as they took place with the um, um, uh, unknown artifacts and then the barnacles. Man, we, we kind of knew it was Thargoids, but nobody knew it was Thargoids. Like, there was nothing telling it. And... The, art, the unknown artifact things were so cool, man, because, like, they would emit, they would scan your ship, and then they would emit, like, sounds that people would put through synthesizers that they could then somehow generate some numbers off of, and they plug those numbers into a 3D mapping thing, and it was like a raw 3D scan of this type of ship they scanned. Like, if, like, if, like, if, like if the... Ship scan, like, like the ship, like if you come across an unknown artifact and you flew up to it and you're in a Viper, well, the sound that it emits is different than the sound it emits if it was an eagle or something. Hmm. And then because that sound would then be plugged, you could plug it into like this 3D mapping software thing, and you saw like this really cool, like it was very low poly, of course, uh, rendering of whatever kind of ship it was. And it was such a cool idea that they did that. And... Man, if you, I remember seeing screenshots and videos of like the detail on the unknown artifacts and 
Man, they must have spent some serious time making these art of these these little bitty things that were really nothing, but they were like you could you know this you took the unknown artifact and you did the I don't remember what all you had to do to it, but you could actually still do it at one of the Thargoid bases. And you have to have all the things. I can't remember all the things you gotta have from like the Guardian stuff. I think it's the Guardian stuff anyway. But anyway, you you actually you go through the you go through it, and it actually will open up like this beautiful uh, galaxy map on the ceiling inside of one of the Thargoid bases. And that galaxy map actually ties into like the lighting and stuff of it ties into the Pleiades Nebula. It's basically saying, "Hey, we're over here." Is what it was saying. And, um, man, it's just, it, it was just super cool watching all that unfold. Um, so, so to answer your question, Justin, I would recommend watching the videos about it and then, um, getting the materials and go do it yourself. Cause you can still do almost all of it yourself. The whole thing with Ramton and all that, uh, again, I was out exploring while that was taking place so I, I missed some of that uh where he was developing the guardian fighters and the guardian weapons and stuff but it was so cool watching people do all this stuff um and yeah i kind of wish i had gotten a little bit more involved but when i was i was on the far side of sagittarius a when the whole ramto thing started and i think you can still do the ramto missions to to do all that don't hold me to that but um, you know, I, I think about the detail, the way they hid the things with the unknown artifact and how people had to figure that stuff out, how they had to, you know, do all the deciphering just to be able to get a little bit of information. And I, it was actually kind of like the greatest mystery in any video game. Kind of the way, kind of the way, and it's not really quite the way to put it, but it was kind of the way I was thinking about it. It was like, this is like the greatest mystery. And uh, when it was finally 100% revealed to be Thargoids and they invaded and all the stuff, it was super cool. Um, but don't feel like that you missed out. Because um, the way I kind of look at it is if I was just joining this game right now, I would look at it from the point of view of, um, you know, if you, if you look at it from, if you're playing the game, you're going to do it from a lower point of view. I just graduated flight school. I'm going to get my, uh, get enough stuff to where I can go out and take on Thargoids. That's, that's what I'm going to do. That's, that's kind of how I'm going to go about things. And that's how I would, you know, go through it, um, you know, your research that you're doing, you can kind of look at it from the point of view of, like, your pilots doing research on Thargoids or whatever. Uh, there's a bunch of lore ways to do things, and it's kind of goofy as it sounds. Like, whenever I play games, especially if a game I play for as long as I play this game, I kind of mentally, because my head, I kind of develop backstories for the character I'm playing. Like, what happened before this game? How did you get started in this kind of stuff? I have... My, my character, character in Skyrim, Skyrim I, will, I have a whole background story for him. <laughs> um, it's, just, yeah. it's just the way I kind of play games, and I don't know why that is, but it's just, just the way I do it. Um, and I, I kind of think about, you know, our interview with the pilot. Um, 
when, when he, he talked, talked about, about you know, the, the burning of the bubble, bubble. and uh, I, you know, even not even just about the burning of the bubble, but I feel like with this 2020 update, we're going to get a pretty significant storyline update. I feel like they're going to drop some serious lore in the game for a bunch of different things. Um, and I think it's possible that we see some power play players die and then other people kind of come up. Um, or maybe some some of the factions, some of the power play factions kind of get melded into other things. Um, but yeah, I think it's I, I, I think it's something that if there was a better time for them to drop more lore into the game and really kind of advance the storyline a little bit, I think that that I think that they can do all kinds of little things between now and that big patch to where when the big patch happens. It's, it's like, like here's a hammer, here's, here's all the cool things, things and now you got, got a different. This this, this is why you're fighting. This is the story, you know. So uh, I, mean, I mean, why not? They just added the new player starter experience, so why would they not go ahead and add some like hardcore story at that point? You know, you know, five years down the road. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, so, so that's, 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 that's the last thing I'll say about that, that uh, Justin. Um, that, that was the last of our emails, I think. So well, there we go. But um, I think that's going to do it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, man? No, no I'm good at this point. Uh, I mean, just... Make sure you give us a follow on uh, Loose Screws ED at Twitter if you have, want to get a hold of us there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and all that, on that, that too, um, if you guys, you know, if you guys like the show and you guys want to keep hearing the show, uh, you know, get on to, um, uh, you know, leave us a review like on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, we like five stars, you know, not to, not to, <laughs> Sound presumptuous, but we like five stars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. You can always email us. Tell us what you think. We always like feedback. Um, I actually got another email tonight from someone that I'll be reading on the next episode. Um, it's a it's a lengthy one, and they actually go through um, like some tips on different things we could do for the show and whatnot. I I I I read through it, but I need to really sit down, read it, and make some notes. Uh, but we'll be talking more more about that in the next episode, I think. No and, um, but you can always reach us at uh, loose screws questions at gmail dot com. You can get us on Twitter at loose screws ed. But I think that's gonna do it, man. You got anything else, Bubba? Just never fly without a rebuy. Please don't do that. I've done that, but it's scary. Anyway, that's going to do it. See you guys later. Thanks for listening.